Well, good morning, my friends. It's uh, Wednesday, March 10th. At least that's what this podcast is being taped for, uh, recorded for Wednesday, March 10th. Podcast number 239 and the last podcast in our series, The Passion of Jesus Christ by John Piper. I pray that you have enjoyed it and I pray that you were able to find the book and and uh, and get it. Um, and I pray that I haven't muddied the waters too much and you've um, got something out of this. Uh, this last one, reason number 50, and again, not an exhaustive list in, in Piper's words, but reason number 50. And this is, a, this is an important one. To show that the worst evil is meant by God for good. We live in a society that says that because there's evil, there is no God. And the reality is to know evil, um, there has to be a God. Otherwise, who knows um, what is evil and who what is good? There has to be some kind of a moral lawgiver. There has to be something within us that says this is right and this is wrong, and we don't come uh, come upon upon that by ourselves. There's a moral law lawgiver, and um, and as we look at today's podcast, take some notes, write some things down, but. Um, this side of heaven, we'll never understand everything. And in fact, when we get to heaven, probably most of what really mattered to us here, as far as unanswered uh, questions, probably won't even be a, be a thought because we'll be in the presence of God and we'll be in uh, perfect joy and perfect happiness. Uh, write this scripture down. You can look it up later. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine says the secret things belong to God. In fact, let me read the whole thing. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of the law. What does the scripture mean? There are things that God does not share with us. There are things that he does share with us and those things we are responsible for and he says responsible to share with our children's children. Uh, Let's look at what Piper has to say. The most profound thing we can say about suffering and evil is that in Jesus Christ, God entered into it and turned it for good. And how did he enter into evil? He wrapped himself in human flesh, John 1, 14. He wrapped himself in human flesh, John 1, 14. He... um, proceeded to make himself known. God became man. Never ceased being God, but he became man in Hebrews 2.14 tells us it's because you and I were made in human flesh that he became like us in human flesh. And you can read all of those things in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 and Um, You can look at Hebrews 2 and 14. You can look at Philippians chapter 2. You can look at John chapter 1. And you can see that Jesus wrapped himself in human flesh. He became like us. He willingly did what we had to have. He willingly became what we had to have. John 1, 29, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. In order to do that, he had to come and put himself uh, at risk, even though it was the plan of God, at risk because he wrapped himself in human flesh. The heart of the Bible is not an explanation of where evil came from, but the demonstration of how God enters into it and turns it for the very opposite. 
everlasting righteousness and joy. Obviously, the Bible tells us that there is sin and the man is sinful. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We, we look back through the Old Testament and we see um, sin. We see Adam and Eve in the garden. We see Cain and Abel we, and the progression and we see it and we know it and sin is, is there. But we don't always understand that God entered into evil to change it for good. Now, he didn't become evil, and he was sinless, the Bible says. But he came in to demonstrate how God was willing to wrap himself in human flesh, to enter into our world, so to speak, the human world, and become everything that we needed. Um, there were pointers in the scripture all, all along the way, Piper says, that it would be um, like this for the Messiah. Joseph, the son of Jacob, was sold into slavery in Egypt, and he seemed abandoned for 17 years. But God was in it and made him ruler over Egypt so that in a great famine he could save the very ones who sold him. Look at Genesis chapter 50. I love the story of Jacob or of Joseph. I don't spend enough time really looking at some of the Old Testament um, great, great men and women that God used. I need to do more of that. Uh, Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. It's a familiar portion of scripture. As soon as you hear it, if you don't already know it, you'll know this. Uh, the Joseph's brothers are standing before him. He says, and as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly of them. It's a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ forsaken in order to save. A picture, if you will, looking forward. The Old Testament um, concealed, the New Testament revealed. It was, a, it was a picture of what would happen when the Messiah would come. He went before us. He paid the price. And the evil that was done to him, God meant for good. Or consider Christ's ancestry. Uh, Piper goes on to say, once God was the only king in Israel. Think of that. What separated them from the other nations was that God was their king. What they wanted was to be like other nations. Turn a few pages over, go to Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Leviticus, And then we get into Judges, um, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. That's how you remember those three, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. I don't know why Joshua, Judges, Ruth, but he does. And then you get into 1 Samuel. Sorry about that. I was just trying to give you a little trick on remembering three books of the Bible. Uh, go to 1 Samuel chapter 8. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. You'll never forget that now. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8. I love you guys. Thanks for putting up with me. 19 and 20. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, there shall be a king over us that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. See the selfishness here and see um, how this hasn't really changed. We, we say we want to be separate. We say we want to be individuals, and yet we, we end up looking like everybody else. The Jews had... 
God as their king. And how'd that turn out for them? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 19. A few pages over. 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 19. And all the people said to Samuel, who was the prophet, pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins this evil. What evil? To ask for ourselves a king. They had God as their king, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what they wanted. They wanted to be like all the other nations on the earth. But God was in it, Piper says. For from the line of the kings, he brought Christ into the world. The sin, sinless savior had his earthly origin in the sinful humanity. He came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. But the most astonishing thing is that evil and suffering were Christ's appointed way of victory over evil and suffering. He would face evil and suffering to overcome evil and suffering. Every act of treachery and brutality against Jesus was sinful and evil, but God was in it. Let me read that to you again. Every act of treachery and brutality against Jesus was sinful and it was evil, but God was in it. Let's look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 23. The, the, uh, uh, Peter stands up and he's talking on the day of Pentecost and said, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. He says you're guilty for what you did, but what you did was the plan of God. He didn't make you do what you did, therefore you're responsible, but it was God's purpose in all of this. Back to Piper, the lash on his back, the thorns on his head, the spin on his cheek. All you got to do is look at Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53, and you'll see these things. Uh, the bruises on his face, the, the nails in his hands, the spear in his side, the scorn of rulers, the betrayal of his friend, the descript, uh, desertion by his disciples. These were all the result of sin and all designed by God to destroy the power of sin. God used their evil and their sin to destroy their evil and their sin and our evil and our sin. Go to Acts chapter 4, verses 27 and 28. Acts chapter 4, verses 27 and 28. This is a beautiful picture because remember that in Acts chapter 3, on the way to the temple, they find a lame man. And Peter looks down at him and says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I, such I have, as I have, give I, give I unto thee in the name of Christ Jesus, rise and be healed. And, and then he takes him by the hand, he lifts him up, and he's healed. And you would think that everybody would be excited. Uh, the problem is it was on the Sabbath. And the problem is it was done in the name of Jesus. And so they had to give an account for that, and they were uh, brought before the, the council, and they were intimidated, and they were, they were warned, and they were threatened. And, and then they go back, and when they were released, uh, they went to their friends, and they, they had this great big prayer meeting, and they were all excited. And verse 26, 27, and 28, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed, who was Jesus Christ. 
Verse 27, for truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan and predestined uh, was predestined to take place. Look at this. He appointed who? Not just Jesus. He appointed Herod and Pontius Pilate and all the Gentiles and all the problem, uh, people who would be involved, Caiaphas and all of it. It was all part of the plan of God. Nothing takes God by surprise. He had a plan and he used their sinfulness and their evil to bring about the death of the one who would overcome sin and evil. Back to Piper. There's no greater sin than to hate and kill the Son of God. There was no greater suffering nor any greater innocence than the suffering and innocence of Christ. Yet God was in it all. Turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. We've been here many, many, many times. And let's look at a couple verses. Verse 10, Isaiah 53, verse 10. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He was put, he has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days and the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It was God's desire to crush his own son to provide a bridge back to a beautiful relationship with God that he lost with man in the garden because of man's sin. Go back to verse five. Speaking of the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Um, Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed. No more evil thing has ever happened in history because there's been no more innocent person in all of history than Jesus Christ. It's not then the passion of Jesus Christ back to Piper, meant by God to show the world that there is no sin and no evil too great that God in Christ cannot bring from it everlasting righteousness and joy. Let me read that again. Is not then the passion, the death or resurrection of Jesus Christ, meant by God to show the world that there is no sin and no evil too great that God in Christ cannot bring it everlasting righteousness and joy. The very suffering that we caused became the hope of our salvation from the cross, the cruel cross of Calvary in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Jesus says this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do and they cast lots to divide his garments. Joseph says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Jesus says, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Jesus took all the sin and all the evil from the past, the present, and the future and took it upon himself on the cross. 
to defeat it for you and I. Why did Jesus die? To show that the worst evil is meant by God for good. Let me pray for us. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his uh, his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray that you've enjoyed this series like I have. I pray that you are closer to understanding what Jesus did for you and for me. God bless you. Till we talk again.